The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Hey, welcome to the show. It's Fantasy Football Today, recording on Wednesday, February 3rd. You're listening on Thursday, just a few days away from Super Bowl 55. Adam Azer here with a special guest, Liz Loza of Yahoo Fantasy is here. Her profile says she keeps it 100. We'll have to find out uh, what, it, what does that mean, Liz? Keep it 100. Uh, explain. Well, have you gotten Adam? <laughs> I think you know what that means. You just like you just keep it real. I keep it real most of the time, like okay. not all of the time. So I, like ninety eight, you keep it like ninety eight. Yeah, like ninety eight, and then everybody has a day sometimes where they're tired. Good. Okay, I I can appreciate that. Follow her on Twitter <laughs> at Liz Loza underscore ff at Liz Loza underscore ff. That's L O Z A. I am Adam Azer. You are Liz Loza, our producer. Uh, Shren Schrager, we got to have some alliteration today. We have to have some potentially polarizing players for 2021. And thank you for coming on. And how are you? You ready for the game? I am. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I feel like I'm a bit of a contrarian in some of my picks. Um, so I'm sure we're going to dig into all of that. But yeah, I, I, there's a lot of storylines. And I don't think the NFL could have scripted it any better had they tried, especially in a COVID year. By the way, I know what keeping it 100 means. I just wanted like some examples, basically. I, I'm not that old. Um, you, uh, <laughs> uh, you said that the NFL couldn't have scripted it any better. And I think a lot of people feel that way with, Mah- with Mahomes versus Brady. I, I'm always in the minority. I kind of, I wanted Mahomes versus Rodgers. I thought that would have just been better because they were the two best quarterbacks in football this year. Uh, did you want Mahomes Brady? No, I wanted from a heart space Mahomes Rodgers because I wanted Aaron Rodgers, even as a Bears fan, to uh, win the Super Bowl this year. But from a narrative standpoint, I think that this obviously has more content creation moments. And Chef's Kiss, we can all appreciate that. Chef's Kiss, do you know what that means, by the way? Have you seen that meme? I'm just checking in here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. I, know. I yeah. I just don't want to tell Ben because I want Ben to look it up. <laughs> he has no idea. Do you? Yes, it's a meme. <laughs> it's a meme. You know, Dave Richard once pronounced that as Mimi uh, on the show last year, so he's even older than I am. Um, all right, you can explain that to me later. Liz, what are your Super Bowl plans? Oh, wow. Well, I'm in California and um, we're living through a pandemic, uh, even if some states in the union have forgotten that. (laughs) So uh, we don't really have a lot of options. I've gotten a bounce house for my littles. Um, I gave my husband his quarantine gift uh, for I gave him at the top of quarantine a very special gift because I needed him to stay sane. I bought him a smoker. So he is smoking numerous meats like butts, Uh. ribs, wings, all of the meats. (laughs) 
Um, I'm going to make a special cocktail and we are going to have some people in our pod safely over. Oh, well, it's good that you have a pod. That is good. Um, I, I'm going to have a wings eating contest on Twitch, which we talked about <gasps> nice. against Dave and Jacob Gibbs. Hopefully we'll be in it. And Frank Stanfall. We'll, we'll see how many wings we can well, eat. How did I not get invited to that show? Like I, you make me come on the prop show, polarizing players, but then I don't get to eat anything good. I have to do all the heavy lifting, but I don't get invited to onto the wings eating show. Talk to Ben. You want it? Like we could definitely use another person. Like there's no problem. I don't know what kind of contest it's going to be. I'm thinking like hot, a few minutes on the clock and see how many you can eat. Otherwise it would just be like, how many can you eat over the course of an hour, which is how long we're on. What do you think we should probably do like two, three minutes on the clock? Go right. I mean, I don't think it's like a volume eating contest, but more of a spice oh, eating no, contest. I'll like, lose how much that. can you spice things? Oh, Adam well, will cheat that. Fun, He'll say, Adam. oh, these, these are spicy. That. Yeah, no, yeah. I can't do spicy. Then I'll be in tears. Like, when nobody wants to. Uh, maybe people do want to see that. We'll uh, we'll find out. Uh, all right, so let's get to the show. We'll do the p- potentially polarizing players and then your favorite Super Bowl props. And uh, just a few things. There's some offensive coordinator news items. We'll probably get to those next week. Nothing too pressing right now. Multiple teams expected to pursue Derek Carr, according to the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing huge right now. It can wait till after the big game. And you can listen to Fantasy Football Today on your smart speakers. Simply say, Alexa, play the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Or say, hey, Google, play the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Today podcast. So just depends on which speaker you're talking to. But you can listen to us on your smart speakers. I picked one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, and a little tight end debate for potentially polarizing players. The quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Polarizing because, you know, he, he was he's going to win the MVP. He was tremendous. Um, finished as a top two quarterback, crazy high touchdown rate, doesn't run the ball anymore, um, barely. So, you know, where are you, where are you going to rank Aaron Rodgers next year? Do you think he'll be polarizing? I do think he's going to be polarizing. Um, I do imagine though, that coming off of this season, especially with the emergence of Robert Tanyan, who scored 11 touchdowns, right? Like also, you know, you mentioned the touchdown rate last year, uh, Roger scored what he threw for 26, I believe, 25 the year before that. This year, topped that by 22 more, and half of that total went to Robert Tanyan. So I feel like um, people are going to be excited about Rodgers. I do think a lot will depend on what happens in the offseason. Like right now, it seems the the general consensus seems to be that he's not going anywhere, though I'd be surprised if he doesn't ask for a bunch of money, which yeah. he is due. Um, but I... I will probably not have him as aggressively ranked as some people. I will have him in my top 10. I think he'll probably end up being what probably QB seven in most people's rankings because he'll be the first non-mobile quarterback ranked. Um, I'm a little bit worried about no one likes to talk about trench talk because it's dry, but I'm a little bit worried about Bakhtiari coming off of a torn ACL, obviously in the postseason. So late in the season, he's entering his age 30 season in September Uh, That is a key to keeping Aaron Rodgers upright. You mentioned that he's not nearly as mobile as he used to be. Always, you know, you can still extend plays with his legs, but that's not really where he makes his fantasy bread and butter anymore. Um, So I will probably sit on him a little bit and maybe for the value in a draft, if I'm looking for something similar, lean towards Matt Stafford, who will go later. Oh, okay. So you like him. You like him on the Rams, huh? I I do. I, I, I like him very much on the Rams. Um, that arm strength, plus after 12 years in Detroit, you think he wants to win. So, Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, 
he's played in three playoff games and he's lost all of them. And so when I initially asked the question last Saturday night when the news broke, uh, are the Rams Super Bowl contenders? And I said no. Dave and Jamie said yes. Then I did a Twitter poll and about two-thirds of the responses were yes. Uh, I think it might just be a perception of how good do you think Matthew Stafford is? I think he's, you know, good, maybe close to very good. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's the guy who's going to take your team that's close and put them over the hump personally. But a lot of people love Matthew Stafford. Think he's tremendous. Where do you, where you know, where do you stand on that? I mean, if the Rams could make it to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, who is not Matthew Stafford, it's hard to imagine that they can't make it deep into the postseason with Matthew Stafford. And a better defense. Not that their defense was bad a few years ago, but it's it was number one last year. Goff, but Goff was really good that year, right? I mean, at that point, we thought Jared Goff was a great quarterback. Uh, we thought at least did he could be. Or did could we be. think that Sean McVay had a really yeah. great uh, Cyrano de Bergerac situation in his helmet? <laughs> right? That's the problem with Goff, is that he wasn't able to evolve as quickly as his play caller needed him to. See, I get that reference. That was the 100 reference right there. That was that was keeping it real with some literature. Um, all right, so do you think Aaron Rodgers is easily the first, let's say, non-rushing quarterback yeah, off the board? I think that that's where you have to And do him. you consider Justin Herbert mobile? Because he had 234 rushing yards in 15 games. It's so interesting because I did feel like Herbert, this is going to be, I put this in my notes when you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, I feel like the debate, the old new versus new debate is going to be Justin Herbert versus Aaron Rodgers. And the favorite is going to be Justin Herbert because we like young new things. And you also have to imagine, even though there's like, you're hearing, you're already hearing like, well, there's an offensive change uh, in Los Angeles, but like we saw Anthony Lynn totally cap Herbert ceiling. So yeah. even if he maintains where he's at, which seems doable, then especially in a second year, then that's a pretty, I, I, I'm going to have, I will admit that I will have Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert probably evenly paced. I might give Rodgers the edge because he's Aaron Rodgers and because yeah. I think his, his weapons are a little bit, because Devontae Adams is so good. Yeah, Lynn was got a little conservative certainly late in the year, and it did seem to hamstring uh, Justin Herbert a little bit. But I, I think th- that's interesting. You know what? I'm, I'm going to Twitter poll that right now. Should we do four point or six point for passing touchdown league? Doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm going uh, to ask Herbert or Rogers. What do you think? I'd say who do you think- who do you want next season? Do Herbert or Rogers? Let's see what the people say because that that'll be an interesting one. Um, all right, let's go to the uh, alliteration for the running back and the potentially polarizing players debate, Ezekiel Elliott. First mm-hmm. round pick, second round pick, top five pick. You know, he was the number, uh, he was a top five running back per game. I think he was number three overall in the five games that Dak Prescott played. That's right. He was outside the top 20 after that. Uh, so where do you stand on Zeke? Well, do you, I mean, I think a lot of it, you just mentioned Dak Prescott, right? So a lot of it depends on at what level Dak Prescott comes back. Also, what, happens with his contract in, in Dallas and Dallas obviously has some, they have backed themselves into some real money issues here. Um, let's let's but bring them back for the, for the sake of argument. Let's bring them back. All right. Not let's Dallas. bring him back yeah. full health. So mm-hmm. Elliot cleared a hundred scrimmage yards in four of those five games with Dak starting. Um, and even after 
the addition of CD Lamb and this trio of wide receivers, it's he was still heavily involved in the passing game, right? He was 52 catches on the season. That's RB8. He was number two among running backs in routes run. So I like that floor there. A couple of injuries dinged him up. But I think, I honestly think that after Dak was lost for the season in such an unexpected, violent way, the wind in everybody's sails just kind of came out. And I will probably have Zeke just outside of my top five, but I think that he's a great rebound candidate. And I wouldn't be surprised, especially in home leagues, if people have a knee jerk and uh, overcorrect and he's able to fall, you know, like maybe even into the back of the second round, middle of the second round in some, in some home leagues. Okay. Yeah, I think that if you're going to make an argument against him, it's that people seem to think he's lost his explosiveness a little bit. He only averaged four yards per carry. And his carries per game have gone down three straight seasons. Uh, He had about 16.5 carries per game, 16.3. That was down from 18.8 the year before, 20.3 the year before that, 24 in his second season. But Zeke uh, was, you know, you mentioned the catches. He had 52. With Dak Prescott, those first five games, he was on pace for 77 catches. He didn't have that many after the the Prescott injury. So um, I think the opportunity is going to be good. And let's obviously the offensive line should be a lot better. Uh, next year, it was it was just so so injured in twenty twenty. Well, and you also have to think about who are who are you putting in your top five? You're com- Christian McCaffrey, who's coming off of kind of two injuries. Uh, Dalvin Cook, who was fire this year, but there's always a regression situation. Alvin Kamara, we don't know what's happening with the quarterback situation in New Orleans. Saquon Barkley coming off of another injury situation, another injury marred year. Um, Jonathan Taylor is one of the new names that everyone's hyped on. I interviewed Cam Akers earlier in the week, and he's, you know, a lot of people are really liking Cam Akers as an RB1. So I think don't, there don't is forget a Derek Henry. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm of course, Derek Henry is always in play. But again, I think people are nervous about whether or not Derrick Henry can maintain his beastly like stats for it. He was already the anomaly statistically this past season. So can you make a miracle happen a third year in a row? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's go to our wide receiver, Julio Jones. Another alliteration. Look Uh, at yeah. You're right. You're right. Even if it's not pronounced that way, that's really this is great stuff. Um, (laughs) Julio Jones did not have a great season because he only played nine Mm -hmm. games, but he was on pace for almost 1,400 yards and five touchdowns, and he left two games early with injuries. 35 percent of the snaps or fewer. In the other seven games, he averaged 100 yards per game. So he was he was himself. Uh, they got a new coaching staff. Maybe they won't throw the ball as much. That's obviously a big concern. But I think, and uh, I'll look at the draft we did in January. I think Julio Jones was somewhere in a three-receiver PPR league around the end of the second round, so around twenty-fourth overall. Uh, I'll double-check on that. Where do you think? What are you thinking about Julio Jones? Twenty-fourth overall in a full point or half point full. PPR. Yeah, full. Full point and PPR. three receivers I, and a flex. So I think that's a little low, honestly. Uh. Um, I I can see him. I still see him inside the top twenty, but kind of between that fifteen to twenty range. I don't think I I let him fall outside of the top twenty. He is still Julio Jones. He's still averaging eleven point four uh, yards per per target. Um, you know, his catch rate is is solid. Um, he's not Calvin Ridley, uh, which is a weird thing to say because I think Calvin Ridley is going to be like a top five pick next year this year top five wide um, receiver 
Yeah, I think he's going to be a top five wide receiver. Um, but he's, I mean, Matt Ryan is 36. Uh, Julio Jones, by the way, turns 32 on Monday. Um, I like the, the 11 yards per target. And again, like top 12 catch rate, top seven true catch rate. So his efficiency, even if Arthur Smith installs a more of a run focus game, which I'm mean, at, how are they going to do that with the backfield they currently have? So um, even if that happens, we know that, that Julio can be efficient enough to deliver. All right. You're going to like this. I had my Samsonite moment. I was way off. I thought he was about 24th in the half PPR league that we did. Julio Jones, three receivers and a flex, half PPR. He was 34th overall. And in the full PPR league, he was 37th overall. So he went really late. And I guess maybe in my mind, I thought he should have been something like a top 24 pick toward the back end there. But in the drafts we did, now we did these drafts in rooms that didn't have rankings. So the order was a little bit wacky. Sometimes Mm. you could just forget about a player. Um, but yeah, Julio Jones, late third round pick, early fourth round pick. I mean, I think that's great value. Like there's a world in what, so where, uh, where was Odell Beckham out of curiosity in that? Cause if you're taking Julio at 34, then Odell Beckham's got to be outside the round seven. Uh, so he was 40. like seventh round in round, both drafts. Yeah. Round seven in both drafts. All right. Well, well you want to, he could be pretty polarizing too. His name, he doesn't have alliteration, but we can talk about him anyway. Where would you take uh, Odell Beckham? I don't think I would. At all? I think I'm, I'm yeah, I think I'm fading OBJ um, because he's just, if he stays in Cleveland, assuming he stays in Cleveland, because um, the timing necessary to deliver, the timing necessary for Baker and OBJ to connect is too um, tenuous. It's too specific. I just think that like Baker needs something more simple, someone he has better chemistry with. And I just, I mean, I, again, we, we saw Baker trying to, trying to um, throw, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Trying to like force it. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Trying to force the ball to OBJ. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't working. And I think that that's a timing based issue. And I'm not sure that that is ever going to get onto the same page. Shraggy B telling us that OBJ was the most traded player in CBS leagues in both 2019 and 2020 before his injury. So we, I'm sure we were always thought by low, by low, by low. It didn't really, didn't really happen. All right. One more. This is actually a tight end debate. Uh, Mm. And by the way, so far we'll check in on the Twitter poll, Aaron Rodgers or Justin Herbert next season. Rodgers 55%, Herbert 45%. Very close. Uh, George Kittle or Darren Waller, who do you got? I'm going to take George Kittle. Um, I mean, you just reported that there's news in in uh, Las Vegas about Derek Carr. Um, I really, really liked Brian Edwards. So this might be more of a, t- a take lock for, for Edwards making a step forward. Ruggs, maybe potentially taking a step forward as well. But I really think that Brian Edwards could be a, a nice physical pos- possession guy on the outside. And that might take away a little bit from Waller's volume this was kind of what I said last year and I was dead wrong so hey what do I know um but I think that George Kittle this was largely an injury-based issue and if you saw his production in week 16 and 17 you weren't that worried about it I mean week 17 he was a top six play it's a little bit fluky because it's tight end in week 17 but he you know converted nine of set uh, converted seven of nine for 68 so I think he's going to start back healthy and I think you know there's always this 
knee-jerk reaction. Um, I think there's some ex expectation for regression out of Waller just because statistically he did better even than he did the previous year. And then Kittle people forget about. Maybe they have a little bit of an opinion about that whole offense being injury-prone for, for some reason because so many of the players were. And so Kittle slides a little bit, but his yak in tandem with his opportunity in that scheme makes me want to uh, – rank Kittle a little bit, probably just one point ahead of, of uh, Waller. Yeah, so he came back for weeks 16 and 17, and he had 160 yards in those two games. And he played, for him, pretty low snap shares. He played 50% and like 62%, something like that. Usually, Kittle plays about 90% of the snaps. So that was the limited George Kittle coming off a multi-week absence with nothing to play for and averaging, uh, what did I say, he had 180 or 160 yards. He averaged 80 yards per game in those two. That's awesome. I really struggled with this. Arizona and yeah. despite their, the uh, historical numbers yeah. against the tight end last year, they were solid against yeah. the middle of the field. One of the best at defending the middle of the field. So um, he, the 92 yards, that was his first game back with what uh, I think he played 55% of the snap share that week. So I think uh, if that's evidence of him being able to pick up where he left off in 2019, I don't know what else could be. Yeah, no, I, I'm really, this is a tough one for me. I mean, originally I thought Kittle for sure, it just he seems safer, but Waller was so good last year. It did take until the last five games of the season for Waller to really explode, uh, beginning with that Jets game where he had one of the best games in tight end history. But Kittle, there's the problem I have with Kittle is that he is so physical and he blocks so much and he's so reckless isn't isn't the best word, but he just, you know, he's just an animal out there. And I, I'm yeah. just concerned that he's going to be the next Gronkowski, probably the, be the best all-around tight end in football, but struggles to stay healthy. So that concerns me. And also, he only played four games with both Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. The encouraging thing is he had 40 targets in those four games. <laughs> uh, Samuel had 22 and Ayuk had 21. But I guess when I, Ayuk hadn't really broken out at that point. So I just don't know what the target share is going to be when all three of them are on the field because uh, all three of them deserve, deserve the targets. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on Fantasy Football Today. When we come back, we will look at Liz's favorite props for the Super Bowl. We'll be right back. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
Back here on Fantasy Football Today, let's check in with Twitter. Who do you want next season, Aaron Rodgers or Justin Herbert? We're up to 537 votes, 56% for Rodgers, 44% for Herbert. All right, we're not going to get anything definitive here. Rodgers is going to win by a, by a nose. Liz, Super Bowl props. First of all, how do you how do you feel about the whole world of, of props, player props, and fun, like you're going to talk about the first turnover of the game being an interception or a fumble? How are you feeling about this stuff? I like it. I think it's super fun. I mean, yeah. I, I think anyone who's watched the Super Bowl, regardless of what... So this, the, the awesome part about props during a Super Bowl is the Super Bowl in itself is no longer just a sports-watching event, right? It's a, it's a popular culture moment for society. It is part of the zeitgeist. And to have what we do regularly, fantasy and props and um, sports betting baked into an event that casts this wide of a net, especially among non-diehard viewers, I think makes everything more exciting because you're watching people like have a vested interest in, in the game beyond which team they may or may not be rooting for and what someone may or may not be serving at the spread. <laughs> and um and like get to learn more about the game and and find a deeper appreciation for it. Yeah, that's pretty fun. A few years ago, I don't remember which one it was. I think it was the Eagles game. Uh, I bet on the coin toss, the length of the national anthem, uh, which coach would challenge first, all types of fun stuff. And I crushed it. I, it was amazing. Yeah. I just got on a heater. I had a ton of fun. And, you know, it's like small bets for each one. But I liked it when you're with a lot of people. And you'd be like, oh, let's get tails, tails, tails. And, you know, everybody goes crazy or whatever. Um, so, obviously, that won't be the case this year. So, it won't be quite as fun. But still, you can have fun uh, and there's a little game within the game. All right. So, I know you want to talk about the first turnover turnover of the game. Interception, minus 160. Fumble, plus 140. What goes into this prop for you? Well, I, I, okay, so first of all, let's talk about the fact that Kansas City is favored by three, three and a half, depending on where you're looking, and that the over-under is 56, 56 and a half. So, like, I think that's a good place to start because you have to imagine with an over-under that high, there's going to be a lot of opportunities uh, for interceptions. Um, and with a game this close, there's going to be a lot of chasing. So that kind of factors in. That's where you have to begin. Um, for me, the first turner, turnover of the game is interesting because I love Honey Badger. I love Tyron Matthew. He did pick off Tom Brady in week 12 when these two teams met over the regular season. I think that's why the interception option is favorited. However, I also am looking at the fact that Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz will be out uh, as offensive starting linemen for Patrick Mahomes. Now, Patrick Mahomes this morning said that his toe is close to 100%, not a problem. Well, of course, he's going to say that, but we all know that toe injuries linger, and that is just not something you snap your fingers and is automatically better. We also know that Shaq Barrett and JPP have been bringing the pressure regularly. They both sacked Mahomes in that Week 12 contest I mentioned a little bit earlier, and Todd Bowles is by no means a wallflower. So I want to say fumble because I think that um, – I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to bring the heat immediately and there might be a little bit of an upset. Okay. Yeah, you get you get uh, plus 140 on that. I like it. Um, yeah, the offensive line injuries are, are certainly a concern in this game. And will there be a successful two-point conversion? Yes, plus 200. No, minus 240. I, I feel, I'm feeling yes. I'm just... Yes! Yeah, right? Of course. All the points. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. Um, we got to get to 56, of course. Also, uh, in 2019, the Bucks led the NFL in two-point conversions. We saw Bruce Arians, by the way, go for it in like the second quarter um, <laughs> against Washington when he didn't even need to. Now, I will say that in 2020, the Bucks have not been particularly uh, efficient in converting those two-point conversions, but we know that Arians is like down for it because of his <laughs> play-calling style. And meanwhile, though, Kansas City has maintained a two-point conversion rate of a hundred percent. So I think the odds are likely that we'll see at least one. Yeah. Oh, you got to convert it because if you sit there and you bet, yes, that there will be a successful one. And then they and you get plus two hundred, you double your money, and then they line up for a two-point conversion and they don't convert. Then you're going to be pretty upset. Like yes, you just expect that you expect these two teams to convert if they line up for a two-point conversion. Uh, total interceptions in the game over one and a half is plus one twenty. Under one and a half is minus one forty. Over, right? Over. I'm taking the under. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you like, you just think listen. they're going to fumble all the time. <laughs> no, no, no. I think there will be an interception, and I will give it to the honey badger, like I already said. But Tom Brady is coming off of a game in which, against Green Bay, in which he turned the ball over three times. I don't think Tom Brady, with the ice water running through his veins in the postseason, makes that mistake in his home stadium. In the Super Bowl. And also, Mahomes has been clean throughout the postseason. So I will take the under because everyone else has taken the over. Over is plus 120. Under is minus 140. Okay. I guess these quarterbacks are not bad. So maybe they won't throw two interceptions. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks total sacks recorded in a game. Over two or under two. What do you got? Uh, how many sacks for the Bucks? Well, I mean, it's probably not going to surprise you. I'm yeah. going over. They. Yeah had two in week 12, I think that with the offense, and that was with Eric Fisher in the lineup. So I'll, I'll take the over on this one. Okay. And then Chris Godwin, total receiving yards you wanted to talk about. It's 74 and a half. Can we please give this guy some love? I've been seeing the prop. I mean, this is married a little bit to the, who do you think will have the most receiving yards prop? Uh, and obviously the chalk play is Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill is a nice second option, but I would like to give Godwin some shine. He is coming off of a 110 yard effort. Probably no Antonio Brown, so we know the target volume will stay steady. Plus, LeJarrius Sneed is a rookie, and this is a big game. And he is also a rookie who suffered a concussion in the AFC Championship game. When I look at the projected point total, and I imagine the point chasing, I think Godwin is going to pad his stats. It would not surprise me to see him go over 100 in this one. Yeah, I'm pretty high on Chris Godwin, too, but I just... Can't get past this thing. I talked about it with Mike McClure on yesterday's show. The Chiefs are just really good against wide receivers. They gave up the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. It's just weird. But I do like, what was it, 74 and a half yards? Yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely take the over there. What if Antonio Brown plays? Would you get off of that bet? No, I still, because how effective is he going to be if he's been doubtful with a knee injury leading yeah. up into the game? I mean, then and I think there might be a decoy situation. And also, you know, Cameron Braid, by the way, like uh, if you're looking for a value play in DFS, Cameron Braid has drawn, I think, over the postseason at least five targets in every single game. Gronk was the one who went over 100 yards in week 12. But uh, over the postseason, Braid, I also believe, has had a at least one red zone target in each postseason contest, yeah. I believe. Yeah, he, uh, so I think Braid is a sneaky DFS value, too. Six, five, and five targets in three postseason games for Cameron Brait. And the Chiefs have allowed 50 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in eight of their last nine games. 
uh, Shraggy B with the note here. Uh, Chris Godwin's receiving line now for the yards. It's now down to 73 and a half from 74 and a half. Oh, that was within that. the last 30 minutes. It's gone down. So they must have gotten a hold of our of our rundown and yeah. uh, <laughs> messing with us. We are movers. Yeah, we are. Well, you are. All right. Well, Liz, thank you very much. Who You want to give us a prediction? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Tampa Bay and my uh, MVP. Damn. It'll probably be Tom Brady, right? But my MVP is JPP. Oh, okay. All right. That's a that's a nice story. Um, yeah. I'm, I still like the Chiefs by three at this point, which is, you know, really when you pick exactly what Vegas has, you must feel really, you got to feel really good about that, huh? And I like it to go under. I think it's going to be a little lower scoring than we want, but still in the 50s, still a pretty high scoring game. What's your final total? I think it could be very close. It was 27-24 the first time they played, so I will get crazy. Let's go... 28-25? Why not? So that much so that much under. I mean, because you said like a little under, so I'm trying to figure out what you're Yeah, what did we score. say on what did we say yesterday, Ben, with Mike? Like fifty he has it like fifty-four points or something. All yeah, right, fifty four so, and a half. So let's go let's go let's go twenty let's go twenty eight twenty five. Yeah. Take that. Twenty eight twenty five. It's pretty okay. it's pretty far under, I guess. Um I mean I I would take thirty two twenty nine bucks, which is also under. Yeah, I'll do <laughs> I really don't care who wins. That's the nice thing. Like, I just, I want us to have a great game. And uh, we'll be talking about it on Twitch throughout the night. So it'll be fun. Liz Loza, follow her at Liz Loza, L-O-Z-A underscore F-F on Twitter. And thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you much. And we'll talk to you later in the week. Friday, we have our big Super Bowl preview with Jamie, Dave, and Heath. I'm Adam for Ben and Liz. Talk to you then.